thinking a wedding planner isn't in your budget, uh, think again. Did you know that beyond this podcast, I offer virtual wedding planning coaching? This is something perfect for your needs and your budget. It's not a stale digital course. It's dynamic, it's live, and it's all about empowering you. Together, we'll keep your wedding planning vibe light, fun, and totally dialed in. I'll be your go-to wedding planner right in your pocket, real-time access, just a phone tap or Zoom away. You'll get all my tools. I will personalize them for you, and you're not going to have the hefty price tag of a traditional wedding planner. So save your cash, ditch the stress, and make your wedding planning a journey to remember for more info you can slide into my dms on instagram you can go to the big wedding planning podcast.com or just shoot me an email i'm here for you let's make your wedding epic lovey lovey show another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Big Wedding Planning Podcast. Just a wedding planner, tearing it up. Listen, learn, plan that wedding. Hello, lovely. So nice to have you back. I want to take a moment and I want to tell you something. I have had the most amazing last couple of weeks with my premium subscribers. And so I really want to take a second here and shout you out, all of you, and let you know how important you are to me, how much you lift my spirits, how much you fill my heart. And when I see these wedding photos... It just, it gives me chills. I just get goosebumps. I've had so much interaction with so many of you lately. Ever since I launched my coaching program, um, we're doing hourly consulting together. Even just these monthly wedding planning happy hours that I get to see your beautiful faces and hear what's going on and we get to shoot the shit. Like, it's just amazing, this community. So I just, I really, really wanted to shout that out to you all listening on the premium feed Love you. On this episode, we are unpacking the essential steps to conducting a successful venue site visit with the expertise of Miss Dixie Bagley. She has been on the show many times, and you just, you can't get enough of Dixie. Dixie is a renowned wedding venue owner and wedding business consultant. She's also a wedding planner. She also owns a bakery. I mean, she is all wedding all the time. Choosing your venue is a major milestone in your wedding planning journey. The reception portion of things is going to take up about 50% of your budget, and your venue is included in that. 
And your venue is really going to set the stage for your wedding day. So on this episode, Dixie and I will guide you through the entire process of a venue site visit, ensuring you know exactly when to go, who to bring, and what to ask. Before you go and visit any venues, it's very important that you set the foundation for your wedding planning. And I'm going to talk about that more in the beginning of this episode, but like seriously, 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 I know that you might be listening to this episode in the first phase of planning and really these venue site visits and choosing your venue is the middle phase of wedding planning. So what do I mean by that? I mean that you should know your priorities with your partner. You should know what your wedding budget is broken down by category You should have an approximate number of guests you want to invite. And yes, I know that the venue may change that guest list a little bit, but you need to have an idea, at least of your most important people that you want to invite. I think that this is going to be a great episode for you to listen to in the very beginning stages of wedding planning so you know what to expect, but then listen to it again when it is actually time to go and see the venues. Uh, I I imagine maybe you'll listen to this in the car on your way um, or between site visits. Dixie and I are going to be teaching you the ins and outs of scheduling visits, the importance of experiencing the venue in different weather conditions and times of day, and why an open house might not be enough for you. We'll also dive into the must-haves for your site visit toolkit. Yes, I did say toolkit. And I can tell you right now that one of the items in your toolkit should be a tape measure. Plus, you're going to get the lowdown on how to assess the space for your specific needs. And if you happen to be planning a destination wedding where the destination is, is truly far from where you live and you can't visit in person, Don't worry, we've got you covered with best practices for virtual visits and how to involve proxies in the scouting process. So listen in to transform your venue site visits from just another task on your checklist into an exciting adventure that brings you one step closer to your dream wedding. Because here at the Big Wedding Planning Podcast, we're all about making those wedding planning dreams a tangible beautiful reality. So let's get going. You got a lot to learn. Love you, love your show. Hello. Hello, gorgeous. Same to you. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I'm trying to stay warm. It's again, stupid cold here. Georgia's cold. I quit. What's the temperature? Last night it was 24. Is it snowing? Nope. Oh. It is just fingertip bone chilling cold. Ah, uh, yuck. That's like, that's the kind of cold where you have to take like a hot shower to warm up, right? Yeah. Like, that's why my husband's like, how many baths do you take a day? And I'm like, sometimes three or four. Well, I, I would call you a snow bunny, but you're not because it's not even snowing. So, ew. <laughs> well, Dixie, it's always good to have you back on the pod because you're so much fun and you tell it like it is and I just love your accent can't get enough of it (laughs) 
And I, I've actually, it's gotten a lot better from, you know, like as I've gotten older, it used to be really bad. And I used to be so self-conscious about it because my name, obviously, you know what I mean? So I tried to get away from it, but the older I get, the more I've eased back in. I'm like, we just got to give it up and say y'all. It's just an easy word, you well, know? And like, you got down so like, formal to me. <laughs> well, it's you know? also it's also a preferable term over you guys just for people who are like I'm not a guy. You know I'm, I oh, yeah. I you know it's it's actually it's something that I've adapted that I never would have said living in growing up in California, y'all like that's like something Southern people say, or people, you know, like Texans or so, but that is the proper terminology. So you're, you're good. Yeah. I've just decided to embrace it. I can't really get away from it. My name's Dixie. (laughs) My name's Dixie. (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs) I love your name. Well, Dixie, um, we have a lot to go over today and being that you own a venue and and have had that venue, how many years now have you and your husband owned this venue? I think we bought it in 2007. Did you buy it because you knew you wanted to run a wedding venue or was it more the home and the property? Absolutely not. I, um, on In all honesty, I had like probably the worst opinion of the wedding industry um, you know, back at that time, and I know you're familiar because I just heard it on another podcast, that whole thing of like bridezillas was really being popularized and everything like that. And I am so, I've never been that girl. I've never been dramatic. I've never been one to overreact about things. I've never dreamed of having big weddings myself. You know what I mean? So I was, I kind of had a bad, you know, taste in my mouth and fear from all of that stuff and was really hesitant about even getting into the wedding industry. And it kind of just like the higher powers pushed me into doing it after doing that one wedding for free. And I just, I firmly believe that my higher power, whoever is always dropped me right in the spot that I'm supposed to be. And apparently I was supposed to be in the wedding spot and it's Mm -hmm. done really well. And I've learned a lot and it's been a complete blessing, but no, I bought the farm just to be my house because I thought it would be a cool place to, I thought the barn would make a really cool home. I like to take buildings and flip them and redo them and bring life back into them as something else. My bakery is an original waffle house. So I had to unbrand that waffle house look and redo that. So I kind of like to, as my grandmother would say in the South, polish a turd. Here's your Southern saying for the day. <laughs> Got it. Polish a turd. Love it. I'm going to put it on a post-it note and like put it on my wall so I can stare at it. Okay. Cool. Well, I love that story. We love this journey for you. (laughs) Well, I know that a lot of people listening are in that phase of wedding planning where it's time to start looking for a venue or perhaps listening, you listening right now are ready to go on a site visit. And so you want to take all the notes possible. And so right off the bat, I want to tell you that if you are a subscriber Um, you have my site visit cheat sheet. Now you have access to it and the wedding planning resource center. So you will, will want that. And it goes along with this episode, um, because we're basing this episode very much off of, you know, the talking points or the main points of these site visits, but we're expanding on them. And I just recently did, um, one of my wedding planning coaching clients, they we're going to go and visit three places in Florida on vacation. And I 
I had an hour long meeting with them, prepped them, gave them all the questions. They came back they and they had my site visit cheat sheet and like all my tools and all the notes. And they came back like I was so proud of them, Dixie. I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't have done this better myself. The pictures, the videos, they're like, Michelle, like the stuff that you had us pay attention to, like made all, we would never have known. And and they chose a venue and actually passed on venues based on the information that I gave them. So this is a very, very important thing we're going to talk about today with all of you, because it's it's one of the most important decisions you're going to make during this wedding planning process. It will be a huge portion of your budget, right? Approximately half of the wedding budget goes to food, um, beverage, venue, the reception, right? The space. And it will determine many other factors, right? Your venue really sets the tone for for the the design of the wedding, the way things are going to flow, how, what your guests are going to experience, how your vendors are going to set up, all of it. It's 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 a huge 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 part of of this planning process. And they're kind of the top of the chain for everything that you're doing in your wedding. Everything kind of trickles down from the venue. So, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And you know, the other thing that is really important to convey to you listening is that a venue can look great online, right? And check all the boxes um, as far as you know. Uh, but if it's possible to physically go there in person, it is highly suggested so that you can see and experience yourselves if it's the right venue for for you. And it's really fun to do, especially I'm sure if you go on a site visit with Dixie at her venue. <laughs> We try to have fun. <laughs> um, however, I do know that there are some people who cannot uh, physically go in advance. And I've had clients who I've worked with who, you know, they live very far, circumstances, work, illness, you know, financial, that they simply cannot go in advance. And so they have to trust either someone they know locally to go to the site visit or, you know, do do video FaceTimes, um, ask all the right questions, you know, potentially talk to uh, couples who have gotten married at the venue prior. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about that as well. So this will be beneficial to you as well. If you can't physically go uh, to the venue, this episode is still going to be super helpful for you. All right. So, um, I always want to start out with this because I can't tell you as a wedding planner how many phone calls I get from couples who are kind of panicking because they booked a venue without really knowing their shit. Okay, that's the basic, I mean, that's how I can explain it. Not knowing really what things cost, right? After you've signed the dotted line with all the expenses, all the plus pluses, um, and really not having a very, very clear understanding of what your entire wedding budget is. I will repeat that. Your wedding budget overall, having an ironclad, detailed budget spreadsheet based on your priorities as a couple, not the generic, you know, downloadables you're finding online for free. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, yes, they are nice to get for free and exciting and a good starting point. And man, do people love collecting your email address for their email marketing list. But those, they're kind of shit, wouldn't you say, Dixie? 100%. They're just so generic. And they're um, a lot of times they're not really necessarily generalized to a certain area or region. They're like a nationwide thing and it doesn't really apply. For example, like a Montana wedding checklist, venue checklist is not the same as what the questions you would ask here in the South. Downtown Atlanta is not the same as what you would ask. I mean, so you really have to realize that those are just overall general questions and they don't cover a lot of bases. Yes. So, um, you know, you, you can't really make a decision on a venue until you have your budget really, really set. Because like I said uh, a few moments ago, this is a humongous part of your budget. And so it really needs to fit not only your design and aesthetics, you know, th- that you want, you know, and there's there's a lot of things that you're going to want in a venue and and you'll have your own list of of your requirements or or your kind of, um, what do they call it when you're looking for a house? Your um, checklist, your checklist, but it's like your ideals, right? Like your, I really, really want, but I'll settle for kind of, you know, um, but the financial part of this is, is, is huge. So like I said, I get a lot of calls from couples looking for a wedding planner because they realize they kind of screwed themselves over and they need somebody to come in and kind of do damage control and and help them figure things out. You don't want to be in that situation. It's not good. It doesn't feel good. So that me, leads me to say, don't go for a site visit of any venue until you have qualified the venue first. Because the last thing you need to do is fall in love with it And it's going to throw you over on your budget and you're going to have to do like, you know, ugly folding chairs and, you know, bamboo disposable, you know, plate. Unless that's what you want. If that's your jam, then I I ain't judging you. (laughs) Okay. So that means that you're scouring websites, you're calling, you're emailing, you've received information. In some instances, you may have a proposal sitting in front of you. You know that the venue uh, has available dates that work for you. Um, You have evaluated, you have qualified, and you have decided that this venue that you're ready to go see is within your budget and your guest count and any other requirements you might have. Uh, how often, Dixie, would you say you get people that haven't done this? Like they just call you and be like, can we come out without even knowing anything about your venue? Um, I used to get a lot of that. Um, I I have always tracked my visits. So on average, I do about 250 site visits a year. Wow. Um, um, and of course, a lot of those are kicking tires. You know what I mean? They're looking around. Out of those 250, there's probably a solid 50 of those that are just like, I fell in love with Instagram photo. I fell in love with this. I did not look at anything, you know, and um, and I can tell because, I mean, we send out a sheet ahead of time that kind of after they inquire, we send out a sheet that's like, here's our rates, our starting packages. We are 
out front. You you reach out, you get our packages so we can go ahead and discuss that. When you reach out to schedule a tour, I always ask them, I'm like, what package are you interested in? You know, and then they tell me and then they get here and they fill out their form and they'll say about their budget and they're like $3,000. (laughs) And I'm like, but you said you're interested in the $20,000 package. Um, Yeah. What's going on here? You know what I mean? Is this but that you really don't have the money to spend or you would really like to keep it low? So then I try to break it down. But you do get a lot of people like that who, you know, um, and and uh, we are, I'm a little bit more flexible on that because there are times where a couple may come and they may not necessarily fit in perfectly into one of our packages, but if they love us and we fall in love with them and I think it's going to be a good experience and we can meet in the middle I am willing as a venue and a vendor, if I think it's a good fit and it's going to be a quality, you know what I mean? Wedding and experience for everybody on all ends. I'm willing to work with them to make their dreams come true. Oh, that's great. I know not all venues do that. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, so I have a little bit more flexibility now. But, you know, there are a lot of people who come and um, and for the ones who really, truly have these budgets and they're set in that, they really need to do their homework because it is disappointing. And it's really disappointing on our end as well to sit down with some lovely people and realize they absolutely cannot afford, you know what I mean, what they're asking for. And it sucks because we really want to make them happy and be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's such a great point um, is that if you're working with a venue, I I hear this from listeners all the time, like, oh, I love our venue because it's privately owned by a couple, you know, they're awesome. They have all this stuff like they have saved in their, you know, their storage or we get to go through it and rummage through it and borrow any of the items, you know, for decor and, and, or, you know, they, they said they do this for us because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an individual that owns this venue. So they have the flexibility to work with us um, with price or date or whatever it might be. Whereas big corporations, you know, hotels or, you know, these, these venue, there's like, I'm working with this one couple who's working with, um, is it Waterford? Uh, I have to look. It's what it's a it's a big company that owns a ton of venues across the United States. And it's it's interesting because it's like big they have these packages um that come with florals and photography, um, or you don't have to, right? Um, or they come with uh some wedding planning assistance. They give them this big binder that you know has everything like noted down and lots of uh tools. And it's really cool. But you know, it, you don't have that personal touch from someone like yourself, Dixie, who's like, oh, I'm talking to the owner. You know, she, she's the one who's going to make these decisions. She doesn't have to run it past her director of sales or, or anyone else. So there's definitely advantages to that. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing who you're, who you're talking to and who you're dealing with. And, and I think too, like, you know, for the couples who like, if you get a package from somewhere and it is your dream venue and you do really like it, I don't think, and I've had couples ask me, you know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, is there any wiggle room on any of these packages to Mm -hmm. customize, deviate a bit? I don't think there's anything wrong with asking that. As long as you do it in a nice way, don't, (laughs) don't downgrade the venue and start out by like, well, hey, we don't really like your so-and-so can, so can we have it for less, you know, money? Don't do it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so yes, when is it time to do a site visit after you've qualified the venue, after you know that it fits your budget, your guest count, and all of the other requirements you have? Um, is your, is, do you have a few family members in wheelchairs, right? Uh, there, there's all sorts of requirements you could have based on your guests or yourselves as individuals. Um, and I always say, if you can pick a weekend or whatever it might be, because it depends on if it's wedding season, right? Um, to do a site visit and do several in one day, two or three, it would be great use of your time and they'd be fresh in your mind so that you can really, you know, kind of compare back to back um, clearly how one venue feels over another. And I do have something to add here. Yes. If, and I know this is not ideal for people, but if you can visit the venue in the worst possible weather, Cool. That's going to give you some perspective. Should your day not be perfect? I tell people, if you come to our venue and you love it in the rain or a day like today when it's 22 degrees, you're going to love it on a perfect wedding day when the weather's perfect. So, you know, and that's something you don't get to cancel your venue because the weather's not going to participate. I um, hate to break that to most people, but you don't, when you don't get a discount when it doesn't turn out that way. So, but you need to make sure you like your venue in the bad weather as well. And oh, walk I around. And do the whole process of where you're going to go, where you're going to be, how you're going to get from point A to point B. And are you going to be happy with that? I love that tip, uh, Dixie. That's such a great, great tip. Yeah. I, I mean, you I know, people all the time who cancel sometimes, like if we have tours on a rainy day and I'm like, you should probably go ahead and come because if you like it on a rainy day and you can handle it, I mean, it's not ideal. We don't love doing tours in the rain by any means, but if you love it as a client, you know what I mean? It's just it's that much much easier for you to go. It's going to be beautiful if the weather's the way we hope it is, which is 90% of the time it is. Well, that also just shows how secure you are with your, with your venue that you love it so much and you know, they're going to, they should love it whether it's raining or not like you, because it's, but also it's true. Like what's your plan B, right? What's the plan B? You need to know that and you need to see the space. And that's one of the questions. Walk, walk through rain with one of these rinky dinky and let's face it we, okay michelle we need to start an umbrella company that's big enough to cover wedding dresses okay we, just put it out there nobody steal that um yeah. But yeah like you know when they're having to walk in these rinky dinky umbrellas on wedding day that does not cover you know uh, their dress and all that stuff to get from point a to point b and all their bridesmaids and all that stuff i mean it's you know it's a little nerve-wracking um, and unfortunately, that's the reality of a lot of venues, that, you know, on rain plan days is you're you are going unless you're in a hotel or in a ballroom, you're probably gonna have to get outside and walk around in the elements. And then oh, yeah. if it's a bad weather day, and you like the outside part of portions of your venue, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna have to know that on your wedding day, you're going to deviate outside in those areas, or you're going to stay inside. And are you going to be happy with it? So going on a bad weather day really gives you some perspective. I love that. That's a great tip. That's why I got you here right now with me, Dixie. (laughs) Um, And I also say, like, if you can choose the time of day to visit, try scheduling it for the time you plan to have your wedding there. It's not always feasible. And you may not even know what time you want to have your ceremony. But if you do, um, and if you listen to my episodes on, you know, wedding day timeline and how to choose times for ceremonies, uh, you know, think about when sunset is, a kind of go backwards about three hours is usually uh, a good rule of thumb. Yes. 
Um, and, and this also gives you a really good idea of traffic, right? If your wedding is going to be on a Saturday, could you potentially go see this venue on a Saturday? Um, sunlight, activity or noise around that time of the day, the venue. I do a lot of city weddings in San Francisco. And so, you know, you never know what's going on. And uh, you you might get a venue that's really close to, I don't know, a parking garage or a construction site or a busy avenue. Um, so good, good things to, to note when you're, when to go visit in terms of time of day or day of week. Yeah. Do you ever do open houses? I have done them consistently um, at one every year, sometimes two every year, up until the past two years. I kind of laid off. I think I did my last one. Um, gosh, I think I probably did my last one during COVID um, and had a great turnout because people were ready to get out and <laughs> look, um, you know, and, and see each other. But yeah, I've always done them. Um, we have phenomenal turnouts. I mean, a lot of tire kickers again, but uh -huh. you know, it's great for our clients to see, to meet a lot of our vendors and see, uh, see it with a somewhat packed house. And so do they, when you have this open house, you're giving tours just for people who are interested in the venue. I mean, a lot of venues do this. They'll say, we don't do individual site visits, but we do open houses on, you know, Mondays and Wednesdays from this time to this time. You're welcome to come kind of a deal. Some venues will only do that because of your tire kickers, like as you put it, um, because of, you know, just financial, like they're, they're not able to staff or they, or they do a ton of weddings every weekend and they couldn't possibly have site visits yeah. on the weekends. And so if that's the only option you have, of course, take it. Um, but if you have, and, and also what's lovely about that is they usually dress up the venue, right? Like they got the tables out, the dance floor, potential lighting, ceremony setup. So you can really envision it. And it's kind of nice, right? Um, it's, it's a, it's a good thorough experience overall. I think that there's still, I don't want to, I, I always, I try not to sound like skeptical or negative because I'm by nature, I'm not that kind of person. Like my husband's always like, no, the glass is half empty. And I'm like, no, it's half full. Um, but you have to be careful, right? You have to protect yourself. And so if you do go to the open house, but if you have the chance to call later and go, can I just stop by really quick? I have, you know, whatever it is and go see it off hours just to take a look and, and see, see what's going on there. It's a, it's a great idea. All right, so let's talk about what to bring. You got to bring some stuff with you on site visits. Did you know that? Preferably not your whole family. Oh, <laughs> don't bring your whole family. It's like it's like wedding dress shopping. It's actually better to bring less people. People think it's a great idea to bring all these people with them, but it's not. You don't listen. Everybody's got an opinion. It's nerve wracking. Um, yeah, no, don't bring all the people, but don't bring, bring all, the all, things, them. all the things that you've got are great. <laughs> bring, bring all your things, bring all your things. So um, what do you want to bring? I've got a whole list here of the most important things. Um, first off is, you know, your notes or, you know, if you've got a wedding binder, bring it, right? 
it's always good. You might have stuff in there or you might collect uh, some some print materials that you want to save in there. And you could probably leave it in the car if you need it. Go run out and grab it. But bring it just in case. Or your iPad or your laptop where you have all your information saved uh, to view offline, by the way. Always save to view offline if you're using Google Suite for any of your docs or spreadsheets. It comes in handy when you're in the car and need to take a quick look at something. Uh, you read the next one. Let's see. Um, any correspondence you've had with the venue manager already? And I will add to that. Please take screenshots of any photos you've seen of that venue prior, of any sites on that on location that you really want to make a point of seeing while you're there. Because I know for us, there's so many people, they're like, I saw this one photo on Instagram and it was kind of this and it was kind of that. And they're trying to describe it, you know, and I'm like, was it this one? Was it this one? And because I want to make sure they see that site in person, you know, that they fell in love with online. Ooh, good one. Very good one, Dixie. Okay. Um, also, you may want to take notes. So bring a notebook and a pen or pencil, or if you use an iPad to take notes, whatever it is, or you write them down in your phone, don't feel free to take notes. You know, this is the thing. I think some people go on site visits and don't realize either they feel like, oh my God, I'm being weird, or they don't even realize they should. You need to take notes. You are not... Well, I'm, I have the worst memory in the world. That's just me, period. But you don't have a photographic memory. You're going to need to look back on your notes when you are comparing because you might, it might take you weeks or months to make a final decision and you have to go back and look at these notes. So make sure you bring something to take notes with. I literally ask people when, if I know that they're interested and they're just sitting there like a deer in the headlights, um, I go, I've got those little, uh, you know, the little bitty spiral notebook pads like that big, like your grandfather used to carry in his front pocket. I'll go grab them one in a pen and I'm like, you need to take notes. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm just like, you need to write this down. And then of course, you know, if they're really interested and we start getting into a lot of questions that they're asking me stuff about specifically, and I'm taking notes, I'll go ahead and make a copy of that for them and, and give them that as well before they leave. So I'm like, here's everything we talked about. Here's what I told you. Here's the questions you answer that you asked me. So I think if your venue's taking notes, you know, on your behalf when you tour, I don't, I, I don't think it hurts to say, hey, by any chance, can I have a copy of your notes too, so that when I go back home and reflect over this, I can look. Nine times out of ten, they're going to be happy to give you a copy of their notes. What a great thing that that you do that. You know, this episode is also going to be great for venue owners to listen to as well. <laughs> to take some some notes of their own or incorporate some of these things. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, I want you taking lots of photos and videos on your site visit. And I am talking, I mean, everybody's phone has, can take photos now. Everybody's phone can take videos. I mean, if your phone doesn't, or if you're a photographer or you like doing that, bring your camera, bring your really cool, cute camera that you've invested in and do that too. But I think it's, I, every time I do a site visit, I've got my video going, it's on, on my phone. I am listening. If you, if you were giving me a site visit, Dixie, I would have my video going and so that I could capture also what you're saying about that specific, or if, or if you said something off video and I'm like, Oh, I need you to say that again, hold on. And let me press record. Right. Don't be afraid to, to ask them to repeat it so that you can get it on video as you're getting the visual. Agreed. Do people do that a lot when they site visit with you? Absolutely not. Majority no. of people when they site visit, 
they're deer in the headlights. You know what I mean? They're a little starstruck. They've overwhelmed. And then especially if they have um, people with them, they're very distracted. You know what I mean? And so they get deterred from things. And so, like I said, I know this about my clients. So that's why I'm like, here, write these notes down or I'll send it to them, you know, after they leave or I'll make a copy of, you know, something and then, you know, worst case scenario, I think you and I addressed this last time we talked, I do have a recorder going in my office at all times. And I'm like, I'm happy to send you a clip of our session. Um, just if you need to, if you need that. So I love that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, I always have a tape measure in my purse. Of course, I'm a wedding planner, but <laughs> I I do bring a tape measure with me because here's the thing. Some of you listening right now might have a family heirloom. For example, I did a wedding um, several years back where the groom had his grand grandfather or great grandfather's um, chest that he had in the war when he was away, deployed. And it's been in the family forever. And he wanted to make sure that that was at the wedding. We we ended up using it um, and with some like uh, furniture that we rented. And it was kind of like a, almost like a coffee table kind of deal. But anything that you know, maybe it's a chuppah, uh, maybe it's a manda, right? Measure the space if you need to. You may need a tape measure. You may be at a, a place that doesn't do- normally do weddings. Like maybe you found someone, something on peer space, and you know that you need six feet for an aisle, by the way. Uh, six feet is a good size aisle. It's actually, you could even go bigger, but six feet is the minimum you want for an aisle to walk down for the ceremony. So bring a tape measure. You never know when you're going to need to measure something. And if you don't, oh, well. You brought it anyway. It's like packing. I always bring it. <laughs> I don't want to get stuck without something that I really need. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I have my water. I have my phone. Let's go. I've got <laughs> outfit on. I can get whatever I need when I get there. I don't care. Well, sure. You can go shopping, but not yeah. if you're on a venue site visit, but that's true. Yeah. I am learning as I get older to pack lighter. <laughs> but yeah, and also ask your venue. I mean, I would hope you know, these are hopes and dreams I have for venues to do better. Um, but it would, it, some venues may actually have all the measurements down on a sheet for you yeah. already. Yeah. It's common sense um, that they should have, that they can just shoot you over something and say, here's all the, the locations we have. And here are the measurements, the most common things, you know, that people want to know our measurements of. I mean, people want to know all the time how many cars I can park in one of my parking lots. Yes. That's important to know. 
And I'm like, 120. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like people do ask that, you know, so those are things that you, your venue that you'll want to know. Not all venues, unfortunately, have that, but it's, you know, doesn't hurt to ask and say, hey, do you have a sheet um, with all the measurements or do you mind if I measure? I got to tell you, I'm working with um, a client, one of my coaching clients right now. Her, She's getting married in eight days. Um, but the venue that she's using, which is beautiful, it's an arboretum. It's people go, it's more of like a public space and like a museum and, you know, but they rent it out for events. And we were trying to decide between two spaces. And so I'm like, well, what's the measurements of this space? Because it's beautiful. If we can get one long table in there, because it's a small guest count. She goes, well, they don't, I keep asking them what the measurements are. They don't have it. They just keep showing me floor plans of stuff they've done in there before. So it's like, oh my God, she had, she's had to go back to the venue several times, Dixie, to literally, luckily she's an interior designer, so she knows, but with her measuring tape and measure it out. It's yeah. crazy. It's so beyond it, comprehension for me. A lot of times these venues are run by somebody who is a creative or a younger person, like an intern or something, you know what I mean? Or who's doing these tours and doing that kind of stuff. And they don't know, and they just don't realize. And, and some people don't know how to use a measuring tape. I know this is sad. <laughs> this is the world we are in. Okay. <laughs> I know this because my husband is a builder. So we run into this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Bring a measuring tape. I think you should. Okay. Now let's talk about more on what you should do. Once you get there, you are going to see the venue in person because you want to find out how it feels. You want to see it and you want to experience it. So you are going to get there from the moment you arrive. This was a good, what you just brought up a few moments ago, the parking. How is the parking? How does it feel? That Was it hard to find? Did you find it easily? Do you need signage outside? Do you need balloons? Um, how easy was it to find? Um, are you going to be having out-of-town guests? Um, do you need to rent a bus, right, to, to transport them from the hotel? Is it up some crazy windy road? Will a 57-passenger coach be able to drive uh, up to the venue, or do you need to rent smaller shuttle buses or, you know, vans? Um, and how is the parking? And is there room for the shuttle bus to get in and function? Oh, yeah. Like a lot of times people are like, I rented a bus or a van. And I'm like, do you know? Um, I mean, there's a venue that I work with and help them all the time. But they, you cannot get a shuttle bus or a van up their driveway. Um, so people have, you know, jumped the gun and been like, I'm going to do this. And then find out that they can't actually get in there and turn around and drop people off. So those are things that you specifically want to ask in regards to that parking area. Yeah. Is there room for yeah. And, and that is a good question. Like how many cars can fit? If you're, it's just kind of a rule of thumb. If you're inviting 200 guests, it's not 200 cars, it's a hundred or less uh, cars, but uh, nevertheless, uh, that's a really great question. Or, you know, is it valet only? Is it a hotel? Is it valet only? Are they going to charge you for each car that's valeted? Um, or can they charge the guests directly? Do they give you a discount? Uh, what's the garage look like? Does it look safe? Does it look like shit's going to get stolen? You know, I mean, yeah. these are all things to consider. Is it going to make or break it? No, but these are notes of, of all the pros and the cons that you're going to walk away with and compare to the other venues that you've looked at. Yes. 
Okay, so you're going to walk through the whole space and, you know, you're going to see if you can really envision your wedding celebration in this space. How does it feel? Yes. And I think when we spoke last week, I said that, you know, don't be afraid to like ask the venue. If you really like the venue at at your tour, don't be afraid to ask them if you can have 30 minutes or whatever of alone time to walk through the venue and just sit and envision it by yourself without all the noise and the pressure of the staring eyeballs and everything like that. I like to give all of my couples the opportunity to walk back through by themselves after a tour so that they can really talk amongst themselves and look at it without all the distractions of their friends, their family, or feel like, you know, they can't talk openly because they're sitting there in front of me, even though I'm like, let it fly. Tell me, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. I'm I'm here for it. But that's not something everybody's comfortable with. So I think spending a little bit of alone time in the venue is really beneficial to help you make a decision. I love that so much. I, I really do. I'm adding that to our notes here. It is important. Um, and sometimes the venue owner doesn't, or the vet, venue coordinator doesn't even think about that. They're like, okay, I got to get to my next appointment. You good? Okay. Thanks so much. Here's your gift. Give me a call. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Do you ever give them little gifts? Do you ever give them little things? Little. Um, I don't. I feel like I overwhelm people <laughs> anyway, because I try to educate them so much. I mean, I give them a, you know, I obvi- aside from our wedding package and a stack full of vendor cards of great vendors, whether they use our venue or not, they're just phenomenal vendors. And I feel like they need to know these vendors. Um, But I also give them a sheet on what to expect um, to pay for a wedding for insured vendors and non-insured vendors, because they're going to run into that. So I give them a sheet on that, you know, what to expect for wedding cost in general. And I have everything from a Ferris wheel to horse and buggy to DJ live music, like fireworks. I have everything on there. And then I give them a sheet on why they need wedding insurance. So I give them a lot of stuff, educational stuff, because I want them to be educated and make good choices, whether they pick my venue or something else. So I do not do anything other than that and a pretty little pin that says the farm. Um, And then if they book, then we give them gifts. (laughs) Nice. I'm sure you offer them a refreshment or something when they arrive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What insurance company do you recommend, by the way? Do you have several or do you recommend any in particular? Um, I first recommend the same company that now does my insurance for my venue because with due to my pressure, he finally started doing weddings. And it's so easy for people to just call the same company that's got my venue insured, which oh. my personal agent, because his name's Harley. He already knows all the answers. So like Michelle, if you call and you're like, hey, Harley, I'm getting married with Dixie at the farm on so-and-so date. He's gonna be like, okay, here's all you, what you need. You know what I mean? And, and it's going to be so much easier, but if they don't do that, I tell them that they can go through WedSafe or Markle. Those are great options. They're all going to cost about the same amount of money, no matter what. Um, But no matter what, I tell them not to get it on their homeowner's policy. Why is that? Because should something ever happen, God forbid something happens and you've got it tagged to your homeowner's policy, you're probably going to have an inflated homeowner's policy for the rest of your life. Ooh. As opposed to just having a single day wedding insurance on your event, whether it's one or two days with a liquor host liability just for that event. What a great tip. I mean, when people are doing weddings at their own home, we we do rec- like, does your homeowner's insurance have yeah. that? But such a great tip to try to go through something detached from your own. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good idea. Good idea. 
Okay. So as you're walking through the space, really pay attention to the red flags. Don't ignore them. Don't see that beautiful, you know, that beautiful space where you you are obsessed to have your wedding ceremony because it's the most perfect thing, but you're ignoring the fact that the bathrooms, you're going to have 200 people and there's only two toilets, period. And the, you know, the faucet is broken and there's chips all over the place and the place hasn't been painted in who knows how long. Don't ignore this. Uh, It's important to note the red flags. You've got your pros and you've got your cons. The cons are the red flags. They're the things that aren't great about the venue. You need to write them down and be fair. Later, when you evaluate, you can say, actually, we have money in our budget to rent really beautiful porta potties and with running water. And we already asked the venue if they could, you know, there's a place to park them and there is and blah, 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 blah. Um, but don't ignore the red flags. Write them down. Yes. Um, and also ask about them either. I mean, you know, say that again. Don't be afraid to ask the venue about them. You know, I mean, I, I always. And I know that people don't do this, but I do say, what did you like about the venue? And then I'm like, now tell me what you didn't like. Like, lay it on me. I'm fine. I'm here for it. Like, <laughs> tell me it's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You know, um, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Um, and sometimes the stuff they tell us is stuff we can work around. Like, it may be chairs. You know what I mean? That's stuff like that. I mean, I'm fortunate we've got most of our bases covered. But I think you need to, like, address those. If you really like the venue and there are some red flags for you, ask them about them. Now, here's another, uh, you just reminded me about this, about asking about the red flags and seeing things broken. Um, A lot of venues uh, will say, oh, we are planning a $1 million renovation within the next year. When's your wedding? Oh, it should be done by then. So you're going to have brand new bathrooms and, oh my gosh, let me show you the plans. We're so excited about it. And you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. Oh my, wow. They're going to do, right? And they have every intention of doing this. I cannot tell you how many times, uh, especially with hotels, this has even either fallen through and not happened or the renovations took longer than expected, which your husband's a contractor. How often does that happen? Um, well, that depends on, you know, the person and what they're picking and deviating from most of the time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, but in first, you know, when you're dealing with corporate stuff like that, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Um, so it definitely can, can happen. They don't, you know, meet inspection. Things don't go as planned. They don't, yes. not, don't have time that, they, that people would hope. I mean, there are caveats that get thrown into things that deter that. So although this could be something that you're seeing as a positive renovations happening or to be completed within a few months of your wedding could actually be a red flag and could be something that you don't want to deal with. And it's a risk. Yes. Anything that is a plan or a hope, um, even though it not necessarily it's not necessarily a red flag, you should view that as a red flag because you cannot count on a plan or a hope if it is not in your contract. Yes. Oh my God. That's a good quote. And you can't be mad later on <laughs> when when it's not done and you fell, like I just told you our last conversation about a particular client, two clients at the same venue who fell for the plan and hope conversation. 
and the plan and hope conversation for heating and air is not going to pan out. Big one. That was one of our questions on Yawa that we did together, right? There's the venue is old. There's no heater. Yeah. Was it, it was, there were no heater, right? There's no, no heater. heater for December wedding, no cool for an, a July wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of venues that don't have HVAC systems, old yeah. venues, uh, you know, out in remote areas in places where it never gets hot enough to use air conditioning. And now yeah. all of a sudden it's hot AF. It's <laughs> like it never gets cold enough in Georgia to wear a ski hat. However, today, <laughs> today it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, venues and renovations and uh, upgrades and updates and all of these things are wonderful when you go see them freshly after they've happened. But if those plans are are are, are happening during the time that, you know, your wedding is going to be coming around, uh, it could prove to be not not good. Um, and so maybe you feel optimistic about it, but you need to see what the plan B would be just in case. Like what happens if y'all don't finish? Are you going to put a tent here? Oh, we're thinking about it, but will you put that in my contract? No, no, of course not. We won't put that in your contract because we can't financially, you know, agree to that. So yeah. And you, and the thing about that is, is if you go to a venue and you do not like it, without the hopes and promises of these things that they have planned to come in the future, that is a problem. Right. Kind of going back to the whole rain thing. You need to like that venue the day you go as is without hoping that it'll be better (laughs) because it might not be. Yeah, it might not be. Okay. And you talked about chairs earlier. I, I, when I go visit a site, a venue and it may be because be because I'm a wedding planner so I can get away with it, but I think it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're going to potentially be paying a lot of money for this venue. You should ask for this. Look at the tables and chairs. Look at them. Um, if they say, if this is an all inclusive venue, which I love an all inclusive venue, by the way, love, love, love for so many reasons, mainly because it's going to save you money. Oh, we've got these fabulous, you know, cross back chairs and we've got 72 inch rounds and we got 60 inch rounds and we got banquet style. We got half moon. We got what crescent, everything. Great. Um, can I see, can I see the chairs? Well, cause maybe they're not set out right now. Uh, well, they're put away. Can I see them? Take a look, take a look, you know, see if what, what shape are they in? I mean, there's going to be basic wear and tear on everything. I'm not saying that things need to be perfect. You know, that I don't believe in perfect, but do they look like they're in good shape? Do they look like they need to be painted? You know, I mean, are they something that you'd put out in your house for people to sit on? Take a look. Um, And again, with all inclusive, like it, it's that's why I love open houses, because you can see what they look like set up. Of course, you're going to pick your best stuff to put out at the open house, right? No, no stained linens and no broken chairs with stained pads. But it's really uh, a great if you can take a look at the merchandise and see if it's in good condition. Yes, agree. Some venues uh, have lots of furniture in different spaces. Um, they have uh, bars already set up. Um, they might have a, a stage that you can rent or use. And so those are other things you might want to take a look at and see if there's flexibility 
and you may not even know like if you're going to do this at all at this point, but it's good question to ask. Hey, do you ever move the furniture to other spots in the venue? Like, cause I'd love to have like a little lounge set up here. Um, or if that, if that doesn't really match my overall design, your furniture, is it possible to take it out of the venue? That's another huge question. A lot of venues don't like to remove furniture that they have, especially like hotels and, and such. But it, it's a good question to ask. Like you, they were like, Oh, we have this beautiful, you know, sofa and it's like red velvet. And, you know, that does not match your aesthetic at all. You know, can they remove it? Is that an option or the are they going to charge you for it? The velvet Hank Williams, um, painting with a Confederate flag has been the best I've ever seen. Oh no. No, 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 no. At a venue? A venue. It's their pride and joy, too. They loved it. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. I guess if you're a Hank Williams fan. Yeah. yeah. I think it worked for some people, but it, you know, there's also a good portion of people it did not work for. Big ass fans, that company, that's another huge, you know, like here in the South, a lot of people, um, venues will get those fans. It's a big ass fan, blatantly says big ass fan. You know, they're oh. huge fans, um, air movers. And a lot of people will put them in their venues and then you have a good portion of people who want a upper scale higher end wedding and they don't want to look up and see big ass hanging above their head, you know, so. Like those big fans they have in the Costco warehouses when you look yes. up, but they don't yeah. say big ass fans. I've never seen no, that those before. don't say big ass fans. I have one of those on my porch. It does not say anything. Um, but yeah, the, um, they're, you know, for a while, the big ass fan brand got really popular. Wow. Interesting. And people, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, again, all of these things that the venue says we have that you could use, if you're really interested in using these, let's say they say, oh no, we have lighting, we have uplights, we have spotlights, we have it all. You can use whatever you want. If that's important to you and you really want to use that lighting, it really needs to be in a contract or an addendum or amendment, because if those lights break, or, you know, get damaged in some way. And the venue's like, well, we're not going to replace them. You can't have them. You're kind of screwed at the last minute. And they're not necessarily going to remember to call you when it happens to tell you, oh, by the way, we don't have those lights anymore because they never promised them to you in writing. Also make sure when you go, I mean, you should be doing this anyway, but you never know. Uh, When you get a site visit, when you get a tour of the venue, you should walk through the venue in the way that you're guests will experience it on the wedding day. Yes, 100%. A lot of venues will start with the dressing room when they do a site visit with you, you know, and start with the pretty like parts that they want you to see and kind of, and get excited about and would make you kind of forget about everything else. They might not have the best flow or entrance for guests. So make sure that let them show you what they want, but remember, did I walk in the way my guests are going to walk in? What am I guests going to see? What are they going to experience when they arrive? Um, other things that I'm super, 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 excuse my French anal about, um, are restrooms, <laughs> all oh. of the restrooms, all of them, uh, women's restrooms, men's restrooms, uh, if they're all gender, Go into the bathroom. Use 
the bathroom, lift the toilet seat, look on the floor. Is it dirty? Is it crusty? Has it been washed properly? Do they pay attention to those details? For me, that's important. That is important. Um, Your guests are going to experience that. You're going to be going in there in your wedding attire. Your guests are going to be in that nice, fancy clothes. Like you're paying money for this. You want a good experience. And restrooms, hygiene, like cleanliness is very important because if they're not clean in their restrooms, I mean, how clean are they in that kitchen? Which by the way, look at the kitchen. Go look at the kitchen. Take a look. How does it look? Same thing as you're looking at the restrooms. Is it clean? Is it organized? They might have a weird smell. That's all, all industrial kitchens do. Don't worry about that. Um, but is it, is it clean? Does it feel like you would go and want to cook out of that kitchen? Um, okay. Dressing rooms. So a lot of people call this the bridal suite still. That's what it is. It's a dressing room. Um, and you know, just if you want natural light. Okay. First of all, let me back up dressing room. Ask them how long you have the dressing room, because some venues are like, you've got an hour to set up uh, or two hours to set up and you got an hour to break down. So that means that that dressing room is not yours to get ready in, right? To do hair and makeup in, to hang out with the guys in, to do photos in. That means it's there for you to just be in before you walk down the aisle. Right. Don't assume that because you want to start doing your hair at 530 in the morning that they're going to let you in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Unless it's a venue like yours has sleeping. Do you have sleeping rooms? We do. We have we have cottages. But then, you know, we also have people like uh, we they come up top to get ready in the barn area. Um, And sometimes even with them staying here, they assume because they are staying here that they can come up there and start getting ready at six in the morning, or they can have their people come in at six and come back to the cottages. And we're like, no, the venue opens at nine. The So we're like, you've got your cottages, you know what I mean? And you can stay back there, but people can't come. The general public can't come back there to those cottages and you can't come up before nine, you know, and start getting ready and have your hair and makeup and all of that without making special arrangements with us and our crew and staff. So yeah. And at this point, when you book your venue, you may not even have any frigging idea of when you're going to be getting ready, but make sure you note down like they, oh no, this dressing room is specifically for the times that, you know, if, if it opens up for us at 4 PM to get, to start setting up, that's what time the dressing room opens up. Right. Or like Dixie's, you've got it from 9 AM. Cool. We, we might potentially be able to do hair and makeup and getting ready photos in here. So, um, but natural light is always a plus when you're doing hair and makeup. Every time I see a bride getting hair and makeup done, what does the make makeup artist do? They find a be- the best window with the best natural light and set up that chair right there. And that's where they do the makeup. So if there's good natural light, note that and realize that because you need it. And you also want mirrors, big mirrors. You can also bring in mirrors. I've had people buy them at Ikea and just like bring them in. Oh, people come in mirrors all the time. It cracks me up. We've got plenty, but people do bring their own. All right. Uh, What else do I have here? Well, we kind of went over this already, but again, photos and videos, it helps you narrate. It, It helps if you narrate like yourself in the video, talk in the video. Okay, here's 
the getting ready room. Dixie says it's ready as early as 9 a.m. I'm thinking this would be a great place for natural light. Taking these videos for when I hire my makeup artist who may or may not be familiar with this venue, giving them, you know, some information. Here's a mirror. Oh, cool. It's got a private restroom in this dressing room. Oh, that's such a plus. Oh, Dixie, it's such a plus when there's a private restroom for the couple. And also, you know, when going back to this before, I forget to say this, I always tell people, if you're looking at a venue and you want to see kind of a realistic version of photos, because let's face it, most of our photos we're fortunate come from phenomenal photographers done in the best lighting. But I always tell people, I'm like, if you want to see photos from a different point of view, go on Instagram and hit that button where we're tagged and see other people's photos. And it kind of gives you a perspective on the angles they take photos and what it looked like off somebody's cell phone, you know what I mean? Different times of day and stuff like that. That's a good way to see, kind of get a different view on your venue and the photos and what other people are looking at and taking photos and what it looks like through that, you know, non-professional <laughs> photo lens, um, which again is kind of going back to kind of like worst case scenario, but you know, it gives you some perspective to see, I think, you know, the venue in a different, um, from a different arena as opposed to just a professional photography. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great point. So if you cannot, like we, like I said at the top, go there physically um, for the site visit and it's a destination wedding, what are the best practices, right? What, what should you do? Well, if somebody's going for you, definitely have them do all of these things we talked about, right? Um, send them this episode. Uh, if you've got access to the site visit cheat sheet because you're a subscriber, send that. Dixie, have you done many virtual site visits? I do a fair amount. I mean, you know, 70% of our clientele is destination clientele. So that's very much in my wheelhouse. I think that's something that's important to ask your venue. If you're not going to be close and be able to go there all the time or easily, I think you need to ask them how many weddings they do a year, what, you know, the percentages there for their clients that are virtual um, and how they go about that. And if you can talk to one of their clients that they've worked with from somewhere else and see what that experience was like, even better, um, you know, but just see if that that's something they're used to. I mean, you know, for me to jump on a FaceTime with somebody, I just FaceTime this morning impromptu with my mother of the bride last weekend. And we were just talking about how fun it was and how great it was. I mean, we just, she was like, I'm in my bra. I was like, so it's okay. I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it, that's the norm for me. It's not the norm for some people, but you've got to decide as a client what you're going to be happy with and how you're, how you're going to feel, you know, like with whatever their best practices for communicating with you, you become a virtual client for some, a period of time. And when you when you've done these virtual site visits with people, I mean, I'm sure you're very thorough because you've done this so many times and you and you you actually want people to tell you what the positives as well as the negatives. But do you I mean, some of the stuff like go into the bathroom, look at the bathroom, like, is that weird? Would it be would it? I, I know that some people listening might be like, I would feel weird to be like, um, would you mind going into the bathroom? I mean, I wouldn't. I would do yeah. it. But have you ever done stuff like that with virtual yeah, site visits? So so we have, um, I have just a video that I send it's literally just me walking through the venue, doing a tour by myself, saying what everything is that I send people. But then I also have my slideshow that I show during our tours 
um, of like all the different areas and the different ways they've been set up. And so I send both of those to my clients and I'm like, feel free to go through these whenever you get a chance and let me know whatever questions you have. So, so I don't do it like in real time, a tour, I send that to them and then we schedule a time to sit down and talk about, you know, all of their notes that they took from those things. Oh, that's great. That's excellent. I love that. Well, very good. I feel like we went through everything and and you all listening should be prepared now to go in person and go see this venue that you're excited about. And like, again, just really, really note the pros and the cons. Don't ignore any red flags. Look in every nook and cranny. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Take lots of video narrating the video yourself or listening to the venue coordinator who's walking you through the space. Um, and just overall, make sure it feels like you. Make sure it feels and you can envision your wedding there and that your guests will enjoy it as well. Yes. You want to have all the feels. If it's not giving you the feels, then it's probably not the venue for you. Boom. Drop the mic. Very good. Thank you once again, Miss Dixie. You're awesome. And tell everybody where they can find you. Easiest place to find me is on Instagram. My personal is Dixie Does Weddings. Um, you can also head on over to the Farm Rome GA Weddings and follow our venue there. Um, you know, and those are probably the most popular. I'm also on TikTok for Dixie Does Weddings. Um, and then you know, anything that goes to Dixie is going to ultimately lead you down the rabbit hole to fall down all the other things that I manage to fit into my wedding world. <laughs> Awesome. Very good. Thank you so much. Good luck, everybody. Have fun on your site visits. Bye. The Big Wedding Planning Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Michelle Martinez. It is edited by Veronica Gruba. Music by Steph Altman of Mophonics. Help us get the word out by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at the Big Wedding Planning Podcast and be sure to use the hashtag PlanThatWedding when posting. Follow on TikTok at Big Wedding Planning Pod. Have a wedding planning question or just want to get in touch? Send an email to hello at the Big Wedding Planning Podcast.com or my personal favorite, leave a voicemail at 415 723 and you might hear your voice on a future episode. That is it. Happy planning, everybody. Love you, love the show. Bye.